It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. spirit of praise and thanksgiving I have the honor Amen You got this You know you do Minister Mache is going to be given the word today and I just want to introduce her um, It's my privilege and honor and um, she shared a lot with with me and I shared a lot with her and for the past three years she's been through quite shall we say journey trip adventure lows highs and so the Lord has given her because she has shared that with a few of us earlier today and before so I really want you to be blessed and open your heart you know there's the parable where Jesus talks about the farmer who spreads seed falls on the hard ground and it falls on the soft the soil but weeds but then it falls on just good soil and Jesus always said let those who those who have ears to hear let them hear so yes you may wrestle with your flesh but if the, you house the Holy Spirit so don't let your flesh condemn you and say I'm not worthy to hear this word right this is not a country club for saints. This is a hospital. Right? So prepare your heart right now. So let me just pray as Minister Mache comes on up. Lord, we thank you for this spirit of praise and thanksgiving. Lord, you told us to enter into your gates with thanksgiving, into your courts with praise. Lord, this is your day. It's called the Sabbath. And it reminds us, Lord, that how set apart you are, how holy you are, and that you've called us out from the world, from ourselves. So, Lord, I pray that divine revelation, that the Holy Spirit would unveil Jesus so the inner eye may see. Lord, you said the heart is evil and wicked. It's deceitful amongst all things evil who can know it we thank you lord that you know where our hearts are at and it doesn't matter for those who are listening online or here doesn't matter how far you are please listen yes there is a cost of sin and there's some res residual things that we have to go through but jesus said come all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest you cannot give yourself rest you can't give your friends can't give you rest they can give you encouragement but only Jesus can give you rest stop running away and start running towards home Lord I pray that there would be an increase of faith Line upon line, faith upon faith, from glory to glory, you're changing us, Lord. So I pray, Lord, that you would cover Minister Michelle. She delivers your holy word. Cover her, Lord, in your name. Amen. Can you give a round of applause of thanksgiving to the Lord for Minister Michelle? Hey, y'all. Y'all give it up again for our praise team and our band. Y'all, these some bad musicians. Did y'all, did I don't know if y'all look at them. I be looking at them. And they just, they just do this stuff so effortlessly. 
they get on my nerves in real life. Uh, but they're my brothers. I can say stuff like that because <laughs> they're my brothers. Um, I scold them after church very often because this, I got this handkerchief out because they do this to me every single time. I'd be snotting and crying right before I preach, and it's not fair. But I think I got it together. Um, but amen, y'all, we got some good brothers and some good sisters that serve us faithfully every single week, and I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, so yeah, thank y'all. God bless you, amen, amen. All right, uh, can I just be a sister today? I just wanna be a sister. Um, as we are going into this new season of changing our name and all of these things, I've been thinking about that a lot and praying about that a lot. And I remember just during this process, and I hope I'm not out of line for sharing this, but I think it's all right. I'll ask for forgiveness later if I need to. But during this process of deciding to change the name and all of this, I remember, God bless you, sir, amen. Y'all, I grew up Baptist, so uh, I talk a lot and I say, God bless you, amen. I say stuff like that. But uh, just throughout this process of changing the name, focusing on just how we present ourselves as a church to our community, I remember Pastor Carrie saying something about um, the name of a church and how very often the name of the church, whatever the name of a church might be, that's generally the area in which they're most attacked. And that stayed with me. He kind of said it in passing, but y'all, that stuck with me. And as a member of this church, as somebody who really does believe that they even have the spiritual gift of faith, but hasn't been able to really stand firm in that all the time, at least seemingly, I recognize that even I personally have been under attack concerning my faith. Can anybody else identify with that? Am I by myself? Okay, okay. So some of y'all feel like that. I saw a lot of hands. So we family. So that's why I'm just like, I'm going to just be a sister. <laughs> I'm just going to be a sister today because quite frankly, my faith has been tested in a lot of different ways throughout my life. It didn't just start a few years ago with the pandemic and the traumatic loss of my father and several other relatives within a 30-day period. My faith has been tested a lot throughout my life ever since I was a little girl. And that says something to me about the devil. <laughs> oh, I'm about to kick stuff up. Let me put this up. Because I feel like I need to walk around today. I don't know about you all, but I come from a legacy of faith. Just in my family, right? My family's Christian, church-going people, a lot of faith in the Lord. And so for me, I was prayed into the world. I know that's not everybody's testimony. But I was literally prayed into the world. There's something that goes back to even my great-grandmother. She prayed for the children that she wanted. She was in an abusive relationship with her husband. And she prayed that she would have a girl and a boy. And he told her she better ask for what she wants because she ain't going to get another child out of him. And guess what she got? Fraternal boy-girl twins. My mother kind of followed in her footsteps. My daddy was done having chilling, y'all, in his mind. And he had all boys. Definitely didn't know what to do with this one. <laughs> he had all boys, that's all he knew, that's all he had raised. But my mother, with a resistant husband, prayed for a daughter. Here I go. So I say that to say that throughout my family history, there's been proof of faith in God. So much faith to pray and believe and stand on faith that God would answer their prayers. So needless to say, the devil don't like that kind of stuff. So of course he would attack me from childhood concerning this one thing that seems to be very constant in my family. It's not just my mama's family, it's my daddy's family too. Church-going people who believe in God, who got to see, as a black family in the South, and Jim Crow South got to see prosperity with land and property. My daddy didn't grow up a slave or poor. They had enough, and my daddy had 12 siblings that survived beyond infancy, 16 born to my grandmother. 
That's a lot of kids to take care of, in case y'all didn't know, 12 kids is a lot. Now, I know it was common back then, right? <laughs> 12 kids was pretty common. But can you imagine feeding 12 children? And my grandmother, God bless her so, gave birth to children over a period of four different calendar decades. So she started young and ended old, okay? All that to say, it takes a lot of faith to believe that the Lord will take care of all those children. And my family is huge. Those 12 children begat a whole lot more children. <laughs> my family is practically 300 strong between my daddy and his siblings alone. It takes a lot of faith to sustain that many people. Kind of reminds me of the children of Israel. Whole lot of kids sustained over a long period of time. So I'm not going to get too off subject, but let's talk about faith. And really, if you're a titles person, we're just going to talk about how to walk by faith. And I was going to preach this over a period of two Sundays, but I couldn't make it last Sunday. Because one of those 12 children, we funeralized him last Sunday. So now I got to speed through a whole lot of stuff that I was going to put into two messages, I'm putting into one. So, y'all going to roll with me? Y'all got notepads, phones? Because I'm going to go through some of these scriptures pretty quickly. So I'm going to just give y'all the heads up. There are going to be a lot of scriptures that we travel through today. So if you want to write them down, I'll make sure I tell you where they at. Most of them, because sometimes they just come off the top of my head as the Holy Spirit gives utterance. But we're going to start in Hebrews 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Can't talk about faith without defining what it is. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith. It's confidence in what we hope for and assurance about the things we do not see. I told y'all I grew up Baptist, so I'm going to read it in KJV as well. Now faith, I like this part, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now if you're like me, maybe you grew up thinking that faith was just belief, maybe even like a firm belief, a strong belief, right? Two words stood out to me in Hebrews 11 and 1. The first one is substance. When I think about substance, I think about something that actually exists. And it's firm, it's pretty sure. In the Greek, the word substance is derived from a word, hypostasis. Kind of sounds like hypothesis, doesn't it? But hypostasis, and what that word means, it means a standing under a support. It means, in the Greek, a placing or a setting under a substructure or a foundation. So if my faith is the substance or the foundation, the structure of what I hope for, that's not just a belief. That's something that is. And I know it's real hard for us as believers because it's hard to kind of believe that something is when you can't see it and when you hope for it, it hasn't really happened yet. But as believers, we got to go with what the word says about faith, right? So as a believer, even though I might think that faith is related to belief, and it is, I have to remember that it is this, the foundation, faith in and of itself is the very foundation of things I hope for. And then it talks about evidence. In the Greek, the, the word evidence is actually derived from a term called elen, let me, let me pronounce it right here, elenkos, elenkos. And this word, evidence, it points to more than just evidence, because obviously we know what evidence is, right? If you've been to court like me, glory to God. Evidence is presented when you're trying to argue a case, right? That's the proof that something happened or didn't happen, right? So when we think about evidence, this word elenkos in the Greek really does talk about evidence in and of itself, but it also talks about reproof and conviction. And I don't know about y'all, but I've been a Christian most of my life, and I've sinned a whole lot. I know what conviction feels like. <laughs> Right? I, and, and honestly, even when you think about the court system, when someone is convicted of a crime, it generally means that evidence has proved that they committed the crime. So if faith is the evidence of things that we can't see, 
Now, I can't see y'all, but my faith says that there's evidence that you exist. Now, we in the same room, so I don't really have to prove that point because I see y'all. But I'm talking about when you walk in by faith. It's not just a belief that God can or he might. And I don't know. I mean, I grew up praying like some conditional prayers like, God, can you do this? But if you don't do this, can you at least do this? <laughs> but faith says it's the conviction. It's the evidence. It's the proof. And even the reproof. Faith should be doing Let me tell you how faith should work in your life and mine. We should utilize our faith to convict our disbelief, to reprove our disbelief. Because in Christ, now this photo folks in Christ. If you're not in Christ yet, things will work a little bit differently for you. But when we talk about faith, this isn't just faith in the universe. It isn't just faith that things will come together by happenstance. You'll have good luck and you can believe that, you know, it's not optimism. It is evidence. It is foundation that things that you hope for and cannot see yet will happen. This is what Christian faith is. It's more than just believing that it can happen. It's saying, I got proof that it will. I got proof that it will. Not because of Mache, but because of Mache's right standing in the Lord and what was accomplished for me through Christ on the cross. I don't just believe, I know, y'all. And when you are walking by faith, how many of y'all know that it can be real dark and scary when you're walking by faith? Because you can't see, right? You can't see it. But true Christian faith says you got proof that as you walk, everything is going to be taken care of. So when it comes to faith, you can be sure. You got evidence. You have a foundation. You can be solid. Mm, 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 mm. Solid as a rock. Hey, some of y'all was in the world. Some of y'all <laughs> No, seriously, but I love it, right? We can be solid. Like, that's what happens when we walk by faith. We can be solid as a rock. We can stand on that. The Bible references Christ as the rock of our salvation, right? Come on. We can stand firmly on him. He's our foundation. So when we talk about faith, we're not just talking about regular old belief. We're talking about evidence and proof that God himself who sent his son to die for us, he didn't just do it for nothing. And if he could sacrifice his son, I heard a preacher say this. I think it was Tony Evans. He said if he could sacrifice his only son, he can give up anything else. I mean, I'm not a parent. I'm a godparent and I'm an auntie. But I know for sure parents, those of y'all who really legit love your children, it's hard to give them up. It's hard to give them up. But God said, I'm going to give up my only baby. Anything else is fair game. When you've lost your child, can't nobody help you? You cannot be hurt any more than that, I believe. And you lose someone that you love, like somebody I mean, come else, that you birthed out of you, that you helped create, that you collabed with God to create. You give up somebody like that, you can give up anything else. God did it for you, for me. So let's talk a little bit more. All right, because I got to speed up, y'all. So when it comes to faith, I do want to kind of point this out. James 1, 5 through 8. Y'all write it down. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. I want to kind of point this out because very often when we're having a hard time believing, it's because we need something. So the Bible says in James 1, 5 through 8, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, not wavering, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything 
from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I throw that out to you because we just talked about faith being solid as a rock, right? If you're wavering in your faith, if you're like, oh, Lord, okay, I believe you, I believe you, but then, well, maybe not, Lord, this might not happen. If you're doing all that, you might as well not even expect to receive anything from God. That's the Bible. That ain't me. I'm just being a sister because sisters tell the truth, right? So I threw that out there because I want you all to grow in stabilizing that faith. And it's nothing that you have to really do outside of continue to trust the Lord, but I'm gonna give you some tips on how to make it real strong, okay? So how do we get this faith? I got five tips I'm gonna share with you. I'm gonna share them quick, as quick as I can, okay? Number one, read. Read the Bible. I'm telling you, if there is anything that you're unsure about, get sure through God's word. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, write it down, Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17 says, consequently, faith comes by hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. Every message of truth that you need to stand on comes from this book. Now, are there other, other books that you can utilize for knowledge and, and wisdom and all that? Absolutely. But when it comes to God's truth, and when it comes to those things that you really need to be standing firm on, those foundational things, those structural things, right? It's in the book. But you won't know that if you don't read it. I'm just being a sister. But this is how you walk by faith. This is how we really become a faith citadel. How you gonna be a faith citadel and you wavering? How does that work? It won't. And I'm not condemning us. I'm, I'm being real. It's hard to walk by faith. It's not easy. But if you don't practice, it's, not, it's gonna get even worse. <laughs> so this is why I'm being a sister, giving y'all some strategies that's gonna work for all of us. Because we wanna be strong in faith. We have to be. We bear the name of Jesus. We can't walk around bearing his name and we depend on him for all the blessings and stuff. But then when the hard stuff comes, we, we can't believe. You have no evidence for the things you can't see. What happened? What happened? So we got to read the word because let me tell you, the Bible says that the flesh is constantly seeking after its own pleasure. Your spirit and your flesh are not the same. Glory to God. I know from experience. They are not the same. They are seeking different things, and they're constantly at war with one another. This is what the Bible says. I'm sorry I ain't got the address, but y'all take my word for it and look it up. The Bible says that the flesh is constantly at war or in enmity with the spirit. They don't want the same things, but you got to live in flesh. You ain't got no choice. <laughs> we didn't choose it, but this is what it is. We live in flesh, but once we believe in Jesus... The Holy Spirit, I'm talking about he lives inside of us. And he's fighting for us against this flesh on a daily basis. And some of y'all like me. Sometimes you don't let that flesh win. If you really like me, you let it win a lot. I'm just being honest. But what I'm telling you is because I'm in Christ, because you're in Christ, you are no longer a slave to this stuff. You're just not a slave. You can say no. The Bible says, oh, I think this is 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 10, 13. Y'all Bible scholars help me. But it just came to me, though. The Bible says, there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, and he will, with the temptation, give you a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So you can't tell me that you can't resist sin. You just can't tell me. And I know I made a lot of excuses to not resist in my lifetime. But what I'm telling you is God's word, it trumps mine. And every single time I was tempted to do something wrong, I did have a way of escape. I just did. I just didn't take it every time. But because I didn't take it every time, does that mean I'm no longer eligible to take it? Because Jesus is my big brother. Okay? My sins have been paid for. 
And because I'm not a slave to my sin, I have every opportunity to go back again, repent. Come on, 1 John 1 and 9. Write that one down too. 1 John 1 and 9 talks about the forgiveness of God. All we got to do is just ask. Well, really, you ain't even got to ask him. We got to confess our sin. Just confess that you messed up, that you did it wrong. God is faithful to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be real honest, that is one lie. Well, that is truth. But the devil tried to tell me that the Lord wouldn't forgive me for my sin. So I didn't ask for forgiveness. I didn't confess my sin. I wasn't following God's formula. And I stayed in bondage as a Christian for a long time because I just didn't believe that God would forgive my sin. I don't know why I did it, y'all. It was the enemy. But I'm telling you because I'm your sister. That's a lie. If you believe that the Lord will not forgive you, it's a lie. One sin that the Bible characterizes as unforgivable, and that's blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. If you didn't do that, you're good, baby. I'm telling you that as your sister, that God will forgive you so you can still stand firm, foundation, solid as a rock. So even your sin does not separate you from the love of God. Romans 8 in the 30s. Y'all write that down. Romans 8. <laughs> in them 30s all right nothing can separate you from the love of God absolutely nothing that's Bible you know how I know I read it I read it so you got to read if you want your faith to be strong you got to read the Bible I promise you the Bible says that the word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path it will lead you it will guide you. The Bible said it's, it's God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed. So you can trust that if it's in the canon of scripture, that God said it. Or he, he might have had somebody else write it down. But that's God's word, okay? Read your Bible. That's step one when it comes to strengthening your faith. Read. Number two is research. Because <laughs> if you're like me, God has told you some things to do and you don't know how to do it. You just don't know how to do it. Right? Some people are online watching us right now. They didn't know how to use Facebook Live before. They had to figure out how to use it, right, online community? <laughs> so when it comes to researching, sometimes you just got to ask God, okay, Lord, how do I get here? What's my strategy? What direction am I going? Why am I even doing this? Right? Seek God's instructions. Sometimes you got to research. Sometimes it's researching scripture. Sometimes it's researching in the marketplace. The Lord might be telling you to open a business. You don't know how to do that. You got to research. Figure out how to start an LLC or decide what your business structure will be. Some of you, he's told you to start nonprofit organizations. Some of you, he has told you to start doing a Bible study at the crib. Some of you, he has told you to say certain things to certain people and you ain't want to say it because you ain't know what to say. Research. Ask him. Because sometimes the research is as simple as prayer. It's as simple as just asking God for strategy. God, if you want me to say such and such to this coworker that I really don't like, help me to have patience. Help me to follow. Come on. Somebody said, Lord Jesus, they know what I'm talking about. Help me, Lord. Give me the words to say, Holy Spirit. Because Mache say the words ain't going to come out right. Mache's words are not always seasoned with salt. Sometimes I put a little cayenne in there for folks when they get frisky, right? <laughs> so I got to ask Holy Ghost, okay, put some salt on these words. Sometimes I just don't know what to say or I don't know how to do it. And if you like me, you struggle with that because you don't want to mess it up. You don't want to mess it up because it's God. You don't want to make him look bad. Because how many of y'all know Christians make Jesus look bad sometimes? Oh, Holy Ghost, I've made him look bad a few times in my life. And I don't want to do that, right? But how do I get strategy? I research. Sometimes it's just the Bible convicting me to say, Michelle, shut up. Michelle, shut up. The Bible says that he don't say my name, but in some ways it says hush. <laughs> and sometimes that's your strategy. But you don't know that because you didn't research. So you got to read. But then sometimes you got to dig a little deeper. Sometimes you got to research what's in scripture. Sometimes you got to research what's in a book, what's available with information online. You got to get strategy for how to do things. And then I heard a preacher say this. They said, until you get more light, 
Just do what God told you to do before. What was the last thing he told you to do? Work with that. Just work on that. <laughs> you over here trying to come up with new strategies. I'm a living witness, okay? You're not alone if that's how you roll. But you're trying to do something else. And you haven't done the last thing that God told you to do. Start with the last thing. Because let me tell you, from experience, he ain't going to say nothing too different. And he might say something else. Okay, well, you can go ahead and do this. But you're going to come back to that decade later. He, he's straight. You, say, you, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes he will come to you way later and be like, oh, yeah, remember what I told you back in 2002? You still ain't did that. Let's work on it. I'm just being real because I'm your sister, right? So if you want your faith to be strong, do what God says. But research. How do I do it, God? If you don't know, just research. And then I'm going to give you all Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Write it down. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. This is one of my favorites. I'm going to read it to you all because I don't want to mess it up. I used to know it by heart. I still do, but when, I, when I'm talking right. But I want to read to y'all. Okay. Some people, everybody's familiar with Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Very familiar, but I'm going to read it for us anyway. This says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him or acknowledge him and he will make your path straight or he will direct your paths. Now, most people stop there and it's good. Oh, that's some good word. This is proving to you, you don't have to depend on yourself. As a matter of fact, you shouldn't. You should not be depending on your own understanding. You should be trusting in the Lord with that strong faith you got, right? With that evidence and that proof that you got, right? That structure that you have, that foundation that you have. You should be trusting in him with everything you got. And you should be leaning on him. And I promise when you submit to him, he will direct your path. But let me tell y'all about verses 7 and 8 because some of y'all ain't never heard it. Verse 7 says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Help me, Holy Ghost. Fear the Lord and shun evil. We live in flesh. It's cute, right? Sometimes it's hard to shun that evil that comes along with the flesh and comes along with the temptations of the world. But the Bible says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. The, the KJV says, it will be healing to your flesh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Some of y'all sick because you're leaning on your own understanding. I've been there too. Sick. Because I didn't trust the Lord with all my heart. Because I chose to lean on Mache's understanding, which is very limited, by the way. I decided to do what was wise in my eyes. They're very pretty and brown. I didn't fear the Lord and shun evil. As a matter of fact, sometimes I leaned into evil. Sickness is sometimes a result of your disobedience. And oftentimes we're disobedient because we don't have faith. I know it's hard, y'all, because you can't see. And we live in flesh. And we have eyes. We want to be able to see the thing. That's how we can be sure. Not if you're a believer. You can be sure by faith. You can be sure because you got a daddy in heaven who's looking out for you. And I'm talking about he ain't just any old idol, God. He's the one who created you made you, formed you in your mother's womb, did a real good job, fearfully, wonderfully made. That's you. You can trust your dad. And I know some of y'all don't know what it's like to trust a dad. I had a dad and sometimes still didn't trust him. But God the Father is not like your father. And they may have some similarities. You had a good daddy. I still had a good daddy. Don't play me. <laughs> okay? I still had a really, really, really good dad. But even still, I had to learn that my heavenly father was even more trustworthy. That my heavenly father knew how to love me through and through because he made me. 
My daddy took part in making me, but he ain't make me. He didn't know all of my proclivities and the things that I was called to do years beyond his demise. He didn't know. Now, some of those things, I believe the Lord gives parents insight about their children. And parents, please pray for insight about how to raise your babies. Please. I pray for y'all. I have a burden on my heart for parents because I had good ones. I had good ones. But I know that they still made mistakes. They still fell short. Pray about how to raise your babies. I'm sorry, that was loud. But the Lord will give you insight about how to rear your children specific to them and their personalities and their fears and their strengths and their weaknesses and all of that. He will give you insight about how to raise them. Baby, they're his. They're his. Believe God by faith. Even when it comes to them babies, when they start going a different way. Believe by faith. Come on, y'all. Y'all got to be strong in it. So that's what you got to do. You got to research. Proverbs 16 and 3. I'm going to let y'all read that when you get home. But ultimately it says, Proverbs 16 and 3, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. All of your work, your parenting, your work in the marketplace, your work in ministry, your relationship with a spouse, your friends, your family, commit it to the Lord and your plans will be established. You want some direction? That's how you research. Commit it to the Lord first. He'll work it out. He'll establish the plan if you commit it to him. Now, if you're going with your own understanding, you might be in a different spot. But if you come up off that thing and trust in the Lord with all your heart, go about it his way, commit it to him, I promise you he'll work it out. He'll establish your plan. All right, so you got to read, you got to research. Next thing you got to do, recall. There's sometimes in your life where you've seen the faithfulness of God at work. You got to remember that. You have to remember that. If you're going to be strong in your faith, if it's going to be solid as a rock, sometimes you just got to remember stuff. You got to recall those moments where you were down and out and you were suicidal and you didn't think you was going to make it and you was broke and you didn't know how to feed yourself or your kids. Those times where you were in school and didn't know if you were going to pass the class, but you knew you needed it in order to graduate, but you really didn't know, right? All of those things that you saw the Lord deliver you through, you better recall it. You better remember that is fire for the enemy. He don't want you to remember that stuff. But if your faith is going to be strong, y'all, solid as a rock, you got to think back. You got to recall the faithfulness of God. And sometimes, yeah, oh, this is the Holy Ghost, y'all. The Bible says, John 14, 26, write it down. You're going to need this one later, y'all. John 14, 26 says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. This was Jesus talking, Okay. The Bible says he will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I've said to you. Holy Ghost will help you remember what Jesus said. Holy Ghost will teach you everything you need to know. You have to remember, and you don't have to depend on your own mind, because if you're like me, you done had a concussion or two a few times in your life. It's going to be a little bit hard to remember. That's why I journal a little bit more, because sometimes I don't remember. And we live a lot of life. I'm only 37. It's a whole lot of life that I have forgotten. It's long gone. I don't remember. But I'm telling y'all, Lord, Lord, sometimes I just pray, Lord, help me remember something that's going to help me. Because sometimes I'm walking around my Bible not with me, right? And I'm walking by faith. I can't see. And it's rough. And I'm crying. And I'm not feeling too strong. And I'm not feeling like I can make it. And sometimes I just got to say, Lord, give me something. Very often, it's something that I've read before that the Lord allows me to recall. It's something that I recall before in my life that happened where the Lord delivered me. And sometimes you're not even going to remember your own words. Sometimes you might not remember Jesus' words. Maybe you haven't read the Bible that much. Holy Ghost don't have much to bring to your remembrance about Jesus' words because you ain't read a whole lot of it. But let me tell you what you do in that case. If you don't have enough word in you, number one, get you some because there are plenty of stories about people. And I hate when people call them Bible characters. These were real people. They weren't just characters. This isn't a book of fiction. 
These people really lived and walked on the earth. I'm telling you, go back and read something like the story of Job. Go back and read Hebrews 11 even, where we started. This Hebrews 11 is considered the, the hall of faith in the Bible. There are countless, well, they're not countless because you can count them, but there are numerous stories in Hebrews 11 of people who had faith in God in the Old Testament. And if you have like a study Bible or something with some cross-references, you can find their stories. But look through Hebrews 11 when you feel discouraged in your faith. Read about somebody else's testimony. And sometimes it might just be a friend, right? You might not be able to recall your own stuff, but you might be able to remember a friend of yours who was sick and couldn't get well, as they used to say, and who the Lord healed. Or you may be able to think of a friend of yours or a relative, something that God did for them that you knew wasn't going to happen. Sometimes you got to lean on other people's stuff if you can't recall your own. And that's okay. And it's important to build your arsenal. There are, oh my goodness, y'all, so many stories throughout scripture of people in in whose lives God has moved mightily. Just in this book, in the Old Testament, I used to be real intimidated by it. It took me a long time to read it. But y'all, there's some tea in the Old Testament. There is so much good stuff in the Old Testament. Way, and these people didn't even have Christ yet. You want to talk about some people who have faith? Look at the Old Testament. Read up on David, Job, Moses, Gideon, all them folks. But even if you're a New Testament person, y'all, one of my favorite stories is the one, the man who was born blind in John chapter 9, was it? John chapter 9. Write that one down, so that's a good one. John chapter 9, you'll see a story in there about a man who was born blind and just all this good stuff. But one thing, my daddy used to say this, I once was blind, but now I see, right? Is is where that story, that whole quote, where it rooted from. Plenty of examples. You got to recall. If you're having a hard time recalling your own blessings from God, lean on somebody else's. Open up this book. And y'all, can I just be honest? Let me be a sister. So when, before I had really read scripture, I didn't know how to find those stories and stuff for real. I didn't know, oh, when I started reading the Bible in college, that's when I really started kind of getting deep in it. I didn't know where to start. And I knew I wasn't about to read it cover to cover because I remember I was intimidated by the Old Testament, right? But I would just, I would hold my Bible in my hands and I would just pray, Lord, help me open up to something that you, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to teach me or whatever you want me to know, like, just help me open up to it. And I would literally just open up my Bible. Wherever it landed, I would just start reading. It doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to know God. He will meet you where you are. I was just opening the book. I didn't know. And I would pray because all I knew was King James Version. This was before I got new school, Right. All I knew was King James Version. And to other people, I had heard other people say, like, it's hard to understand and all of that. Even though I'd read it my whole life, well, on Sundays and sometimes during the week, right? But it was the only Bible I knew. But I would pray, God, help me understand what I'm reading. Simple. A prayer to God is not complicated. Ask him for what you want. Just do it. Read. Research, recall, rejoice. (laughs) You want your faith to be strong? Rejoice in the Lord. The Bible says in Philippians 4.4, write it down, Philippians 4.4. The Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. He even reiterated that. And again, I say (laughs) rejoice. There are no conditions there. All means all. Always means always. At every single moment of the day, anytime, every time. Rejoice in the Lord. Y'all, I know it's hard to do it when it ain't looking good. It's easy to rejoice in the Lord when things are going well, right? I don't need to preach down your street on that. I'm talking about when it gets rough. Rejoice in the Lord, the Bible says, all the time. And then if you look a little bit further down in Philippians 4, verses 6 through 9, y'all, this, this helps me so often. In that scripture, Philippians 4, 6 through 9, it says, do not be anxious about anything. A lot of the reasons why our faith is wavering is because we're anxious. 
We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know if we're going to mess something up. We don't know. We just don't know. And that creates anxiety. We're real people. I get anxious. Not as much anymore, but I used to get anxious a whole lot. It would affect the way I sleep, how I operate throughout the day, because I'd be so nervous, so anxious about what's going to happen. The Bible says, be not anxious for anything. Don't be anxious for anything. But in every situation, every means every. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. People leave that part out. Because when we're in a jam, we're going to pray. Oh, we're going to pray. Sometimes whether we think we want to or not. If you don't do nothing but say, oh my God. Oh, you're going to pray. You're going to petition the Lord when you're in trouble. But don't forget about that Thanksgiving, y'all. That's part of the formula. Be anxious for nothing but in every situation and everything by prayer and petition. And thank with Thanksgiving, present your request to God. Present it to him. That old song said, call him up and tell him what you want. He's willing to hear. And then the Bible says, once you present that request to God, it says, and the peace of God, which transcends or surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. You might not get that kind of peace without the thanksgiving part, because it's part of the formula. One plus one equals two. Right? You've got to follow the formula. And the formula includes thanksgiving. And here's, what's, here's, here's the good part. It gave us some strategy a little bit further down. If you find it hard to give thanks while you are working to not be anxious, while you're praying and petitioning, if you can't give thanks for what you see in front of you, which you should be able to because your faith is going to be strong, right? You don't need to see it in order to know and have evidence and proof that it's going to happen. But if you're struggling, the next couple of verses say, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable or admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, if anything, you can pick anything to rejoice about. Think about those things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, and this is, you know, somebody who's teaching, but you can think about the things that you've heard from the Lord, things that you've heard from Bible teachers, things that you've heard from friends or family who encouraged you. Think about those things. And once you, you know, those things that you've learned and heard and seen in somebody else, put those things into practice. And it says the God of peace will be with you. Sometimes when you think you don't have anything to lean on, well, you just think about it. You do. You do. The God of peace will be with you, the Bible says. And it's not a lie because everything's true. Everything in it is true. Remember 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, y'all write that down. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. We'll talk to you about how the Bible is true. Really, 16 and 17, I'll just do 14 and 15 in there because they're real good. So, when it comes to rejoicing, even in your mourning, right? The Bible says to rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. So, sometimes you're rejoicing, you got to kind of put some parameters on it. If other people around you are like mourning, mourn with them. But don't forget to rejoice. And sometimes even when you can't rejoice for yourself, the Bible says rejoice with others who rejoice. You might want to get along with somebody else who's rejoicing. Join them in their rejoicing. There's no one way to do this thing. God has given us a lot of liberty. But you've got to rejoice if you want your faith to be strong. Because this life will throw things at you. John 16, write it down. John 16, 33, one of my favorite verses in scripture. Jesus is talking and he had said a whole bunch of good stuff. He said, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace. He said, in the world you will have tribulation. You will. It's a promise. You can bank on it. You will have tribulation in this world. Then he says, but be of good cheer. 
rejoice. Why? Because he's overcome the world. He's overcome the world. If you never have a reason to rejoice about anything, anything circumstantially, because you don't want to just depend on the circumstances. If you don't have anything else to rejoice about, rejoice about the fact that Christ has overcome the world for you. For you. He didn't do it for himself. As my mama would say, he didn't just do it for his health. Right? There was a purpose and a plan and a reason why he did that. It was for you. Here's another thing about rejoicing. Sometimes your experience will not be enough. You will have to rejoice in Christ alone. You will have to rejoice in the character of God. Because sometimes it'll be hard for you to see his hand. It might be hard. But if you want your faith to be solid as a rock, you got to rejoice in the Lord and because of the Lord, okay? <laughs> this is going to help y'all get through rejoicing. And I want to say this about the character of God. When you find it hard to rejoice in the character of God, or maybe you don't feel like you know much about the character of God, Psalms is a good place to go. In the Psalms, most of those authors or psalmists, because I believe they were singing. Sometimes even when I read the psalms, I just be making up my own melodies. Um, but when you read through them, you'll see a lot of them attribute things to God even before they talk about their requests. Or even in their grumbling sometimes, they're like, Lord, how long are you going to have me struggling down here? You're the God who delivers. You're the God who's strong and mighty. You're the one who's all of this. Even in their groaning, they're like, Lord, I know you better than this. <laughs> right? Help me. All right, help me, <laughs> right? But Psalms is one of those books where you can open it up and then folks will teach you how to rejoice. They will teach you how to attribute things to the Lord, even when it's hard, right? Sometimes even if you don't have anything to rejoice about, you just open up a Psalm and read it. Just read, I'm, look, look y'all, I still open up the word and just let the Lord speak, right? So even I just open up the word to Psalm 104 and then Verse 14, it says, he makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There are birds that make their nests, right? The stock has its home in the junipers. The high mountains belong to the wild goats. The crags are, come on, all of it, just in just opening that up. All of those things attributed to our God, if you just read it, you got to read, you got to research, you got to recall, you got to rejoice. And last but not least, you got to repent. You got to repent. These types of blessings that come along, even with the steps of making your faith strong, have everything to do with repentance, the return of your heart to the Lord. And I'm not foolish enough to believe that just because you're in church that your heart has been turned to the Lord. So let's turn to Isaiah 55, 6 through 13. I just want to read this to y'all because I'm your sister. Isaiah chapter 55, starting at verse 6. This chapter, I love how in this chapter in my Bible it calls it an invitation to the thirsty. Oh, it's so good, y'all. The word of God, and this is really the Lord speaking, it says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and their unrighteous, I'm sorry, and the unrighteousness of their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. Sometimes it doesn't seem like the Lord is going to have mercy on you. Sometimes you're so deep down in your sin or you just don't feel worthy of God's love. And that is holding you back from turning to him. But you got to repent. You have to turn to the Lord. There's great reward in turning to the Lord. Bars, okay? There's great reward in turning to the Lord. Period. Okay? 
It says, let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, let them turn to our God for he will freely pardon. He's not trying to withhold any good thing from you. He wants you to flourish. He wants to pardon your sin. He wants to separate it as far as the east is from the west. He wants to do that. He delights in doing that for you. All you have to do is come to him and repent and say, Lord, it's not just about asking for forgiveness. It's literally turning your heart or returning your heart to the Lord. And then it says, y'all, oh, this is so good. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And I'll let y'all read the rest all the way to the end of the chapter on your own, but I just want to remind you, the Lord's ways are not yours. He thinks differently. He does things differently. Not that he didn't give you wisdom and talent and all these beautiful things, but you ain't got nothing on him. He does it so much better. And he created you for his purpose. He wants to be in communion with you. He wants to be in right relationship with you. You gotta repent if you want your faith to be strong. Because if you don't repent and you don't turn your heart to the Lord, all these benefits I've been talking about, you ain't got them. They just don't belong to you. Not that God doesn't love you. Because I believe that God loves every single person he created. Even those who don't turn their hearts to him. But what I'm telling you is get in the club. Get in the club. Because yes, the Lord reigns on the just as well as the unjust. And there are people who are evil and wicked who follow biblical principles and still find wealth and, you know, riches and all this other stuff. But that's all they're going to get. That's what the Bible says. That's it for them. What you want and what I want is salvation from the wrath of God that is sure to come back on this earth for people who have not turned their hearts to the Lord. Their eternity looks very different from those who have. Very different. Heaven is reserved for those who believe, for those who got that faith, right? That's what you want. So if you have not returned your heart to the Lord, I'm telling you, do it. And if you're still thinking about it, right? I encourage reading Acts 2, chapter 2, 36 through 40. Write it down. Acts chapter 2, 36 through 40. I love this, this group or this... Um, this pericope of scripture. So I, like, I really like starting at verse 22. It's, it's a whole lot of good stuff in there just talking about what was happening at Pentecost and Peter's message. But the Bible says, therefore let all Israel be assured of this. And I'm just gonna, and I'm not changing the word, but I'm just saying apply this to your life. Be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom the Israelites crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to their heart and said Peter, said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? This is what Peter said. This is how you get in the kingdom of God. This is how you secure that God remains for you. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Remember I talked about him living inside of us earlier? That gift comes after you repent, right? And he said, this is the promise for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And he said, with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. The generation in which we live is corrupt. The only way you can save yourself from it is to turn your heart to the Lord. He will have mercy on you. I promise. Ask me how I know. Because he had mercy on me. And if he could have mercy on me, y'all, I ain't always, listen. I kind of grew up and I was kind of like a good kid. 
there was a lot of evil I did. And when I say evil, I simply mean I sinned a lot. I did a lot of things that, was, that were against the Lord's will. I did things that he said I shouldn't. That's evil. But thank God, I didn't have to stay that way. I still don't have to stay that way. And neither do you. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to turn your heart to the Lord. To give him your life. To invite him in so that you can take advantage of the benefits of being in Christ. All this good stuff, reading, recalling, researching, rejoicing, all of these. There is so much good stuff that comes along with that strengthening your faith. Being able to walk with the Lord sure that he's going to take care of you because you got proof. All of that comes along with knowing him. If you don't know the Lord, if your heart hasn't been turned to him, I'm going to give you a chance to do it. I'm going to let y'all write this down. Romans chapter 9, verses 30 through 32. I'll let you read that in your own time, but especially Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. And as I read, I want your heart to be open. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Lord, as your Messiah... This is how you can make a change today. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Simple as that. That's the formula. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. That's a guarantee for you if you turn your heart to the Lord. You'll never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. All means all. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And saved from what? The wrath of God. God's anger is going to be poured out on the earth one day. And he's going to destroy this earth that we know by fire. It's going away. And there'll be a new heaven and a new earth for us to enjoy or not. This is not to scare you. This is to just be your sister. And as a sister who loves you, I want to do eternity with y'all. It's going to be so dope. It's going to be so good. Y'all streets paved with gold. Are you kidding me? Mansions, eternity with God. The one who we can't see. But we got proof that he's here. We get to do eternity with that God as long as our hearts have been returned to him because he made them. They were his to begin with. Return your heart to the Lord today. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. I'm going to pray over us. And I'm going to give you an opportunity in your own heart to do exactly what Romans says to declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead so that you can be saved. Because it's with your own heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your own mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for this word. I don't think I delivered it as quickly as I wanted to, but God, you are faithful. And I believe that every word that was spoken was for your glory and for the good of your children. Father, now we commit our lives to you and we say again and again, loud and clear, that we will return our hearts to you. Father, for anyone in this room who has never done that, I pray that you would have mercy on them and show them your love, even in this moment, even online, not just in this room, but online today for those who are watching or online for those who may watch in the future. Help us, Lord.
Convict our hearts and show us your ways which are everlasting. In the name of Jesus. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us, and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT, or please visit us on our website, Citadel of Faith. Dot org that simply spells C-I-T-A-D-E-L of faith.org all one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together one person at a time.